Good morning. Happy spring, everyone. I'm very excited about our program today. If you are not familiar with the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, you're going to learn some wonderful things about this nonprofit organization, which is helping wildlife in need and connecting people with nature. Today, I have the executive director, Josh Saramba, of the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, and we're going to be talking about their this Saturday's spring open house and native plant sale and all the other amazing work that they are doing in this jewel, this little jewel of an organization that many people don't know exists. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, Donna. So thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule to talk to us about the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. And for those listeners who may not be familiar with the Wildlife Center of the North Coast um, and you, Please let's uh, learn a little bit about you first, and then you can explain about the organization. Okay, yeah. So a little bit about me. I'm a fourth generation historian. Been here my entire life, as has my whole family. Um, uh, you know, graduated historian high school, 2010. Um, I started volunteering with the organization. I'm with the Wildlife Center of North Coast uh, when I was 16, and I've been there ever since. So that's just 13, 13 years now. Since I first started volunteering at the organization. Um, yeah, you yeah. were in high school. When you started volunteering, you were in high school. And it was this piece of property. So it's a piece of property. Why don't you, you can explain about that? Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about the Wildlife Center. So um, the Wildlife Center North Coast is a nonprofit wildlife um, hospital and conservation education facility. Um, so we take in around 1,000 animals, um, injured, orphaned, and sick, uh, uh, native wildlife, fix them up, release them back out to the wild if they, you know, assuming they, they are, are releasable in the end. Um, on top of that, we also do conservation education programming to the public, um, you know, assuming, you know, we don't have a global pandemic to keep us from doing so. Um, uh, we're the only seabird uh, specialty facility in all of Oregon. Uh, we're also the only um, wildlife rehabilitation facility on the uh, Oregon coast. So we serve uh, we serve about 200, uh, 200 miles of coast from you know Long Beach Peninsula and Washington all the way down to Newport, Oregon, and further south if we can. So. And when and this the organization started when because I know the founder was Charnel Fee and and maybe just explain about that and what what the facility is like. Yeah. So the the, the organization was founded in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, by Charnel Fee, um, and up until she passed away in 2015, we were a 100% volunteer-operated uh, organization, so um, didn't have any paid staff. It was all volunteer. Um, uh, yeah, what was, the, what was the rest of your question? Well, right I on? think as the, as the, obviously now, the well, a little bit about the actual uh, grounds in the facility, what and what you've had to develop, oh. because there's been more of a need as there's more interaction with more people, there's more of a need to rehabilitate injured wildlife. Yeah, so we've got a state-of-the-art wildlife hospital that was built back in 2007. So we've been there since 1997. Um, Ten years after we first um, opened up, uh, we built uh, kind of a purpose-built uh, state-of-the-art wildlife hospital, uh, mainly because we were originally operating out of a single-wide um, trailer that wasn't necessarily suitable for the work we were doing. Um, and so on our, we have about 105 acres there out in, uh, Olney, so just east of Astoria, um, we have about 105 acres, we built this, uh, purpose-built state-of-the-art wildlife hospital, um, 
to because we were we were just getting each year we were getting more and more animals in um so we had to build a hospital big enough to do so to take care of these animals um and so now sitting on the property we have the 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 state-of-the-art hospital and then we have about 20 um, outdoor enclosures on our property as well for you know everything from bald eagle flight cages to pelican flight cages to you know little robin flight cages so okay and so you have uh, there are opportunities for volunteers obviously you have uh i mean there's so many things to talk about we want to talk about you know spring and baby birds and all of that but let's let's start with this open house because i think that's pretty crucial because it's this saturday and people it would be good for people to register online because last year you weren't able to have it so let's sure, talk sure. about the spring open house and native plant sale this saturday yeah so um uh each year we have our spring open house and native plant sale uh we unfortunately uh last year because of covid we had to do a kind of a virtual option which um wasn't nearly as um exciting or fun as we thought it was going to be um but of course the whole world was doing a virtual pivot uh, uh because of the pandemic so this year um uh, this saturday may 8th from 10 to 4 uh today to 4 p.m we're going to be having our open house which includes you know a, a tour of the hospital you know we if, if we have space if you show up if, if we have space, we'll put you into a tour group. Otherwise, the best thing to do is to go onto our website, coastwildlife.org, and uh, register, you know, register ahead of time for a tour. Then you get a tour through the clinic. Um, then you can go ahead and get tour yourself across uh, our property, see all the enclosures. Um, we're going to have uh, little, you know, educational displays being done by our educational cormorant, Cormy. Um, she'll be out there showing everyone how, uh, you know, beautiful and smart she is um our double crested cormorant we're gonna have a native tree and plant sale so uh, everything from azaleas to um i think we have snowberry service berry uh we're gonna have some irises for sale uh then we also have a uh, you know a kids craft booth with a few different kids crafts um, nature crafts uh happening for the kids that show up um, I'm pretty sure Haystack Rock Awareness Program is going to be coming out with a booth to talk about some seabirds, seabird facts, and and some sort of craft will be happening there. And then we're also going to be doing a merchandise sale and a little raffle. So we have a couple of bird themed or bird and sea life themed uh, raffle baskets, as well as uh, we'll be raffling off a little binocular bag um, and some merchandise. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity for the public to come out, especially bring the family uh, and see what you do there and, and interact with, you know, uh, with the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, with your the patients, the, 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 the volunteers, um, because again, because you are a rehab center, you're typically closed. Um, and you are, since you are a 501c3, you function, you know, with, you have grants and you have donations, obviously to keep doing this important work. And, um, over the years, maybe people would be interested in how do you get your patients? What typically creates some of these injuries? I know you do a lot with seabirds, but what are some of the injuries that you see? And obviously on your website, which is a great website, I encourage everyone to go. You can actually see a video of a wild, of a pelican, a brown pelican release on the website. But um, talk a little bit about the interaction of you know humans and wildlife and why you are so unfortunately so busy. 
Yeah, so yeah. we get animals in, you know, for a number of different reasons. You know, we get everything from, um, you know, especially during breeding season, we'll get bald eagles that were fighting with each other, you know, over territory. We'll get some injured bald eagles. Uh, we get, you know, especially this time of year, ducklings that, you know, mom's missing one way, one reason or the other. And we have this, you know, 30 ducklings now that we have to bring in and take care of. Um, but probably the uh, easily over 80% of our, our calls and our, our, our patients um, come in after some sort of um, interaction with humans, whether that's, you know, mo mother duck was hit by a car, right? Now I have 30 ducklings or um, we've had, uh, you know, birds shot off of power lines because, you know, whether that's a kid or, or someone else, you know, thought, oh, let's practice shooting my new gun. They'll shoot this bird and we'll get this bird shot by shot by someone. We get, um, you know, birds that run into, you know, big glass windows from, you know, they, they don't quite see the window there. So we get this animal that's, you know, head trauma and, or broken wing or broken leg or broken, you know, um, uh, uh, keel, chest plate from running into a window um fishing line we just had a bald eel that was wrapped up in fishing line with a hook in its beak um so just the vast majority of what we deal with are direct consequences of human interactions um uh with wildlife uh so um we you know of course the work we do we like to think is 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 um extremely important of course uh mainly because we are helping to mitigate those human impacts but but yeah, large, large percentage of what we do, people call us up because either they had hit a bird with a car or they're out, you know, camping. They found a bird wrapped in fishing line or, or something of those, something along those lines. Well, because it's spring, maybe we should talk a little bit about spring and baby animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, this is the kind of one of our, this is our busiest season between May and October. Uh, it's our busiest season uh, for calls because we get, calls about baby ducklings um we get calls about you know a little baby bird on the sidewalk um a fawn you know a baby deer that's laying in the grass somewhere um a lot of things a lot of things people should know about uh native wildlife that maybe they don't know about <clears throat> you know like um baby birds for instance um a lot of the time when you find a little baby bird on the ground a lot of the time it doesn't actually need your assistance or our help uh, if it's got feathers and it's hopping around and it's alert, uh, it's usually fledgling. So fledgling birds spend about uh, three to five days on the ground learning how to fly before they actually can fly, um, typically speaking. So most birds spend time on the ground. So if you find a baby bird, you know, we always ask people if they find injured or, or orphaned wildlife uh, to give us a call. You know, we'll walk everyone through, you know, okay, that sounds like a fledgling, leave it alone. Or, or that sounds like a nestling that found a nest. Let's see if we can see a nest and put it back in the nest because, uh, um, again, old wives' tale. Uh, you can touch a baby bird, put it back without mom abandoning it. Um, the the parents will not abandon abandon the uh, babies just because a person touched them. Um, but yeah, this is a this is this is, so baby you know so basically what we try to tell people is that during springtime um, we cannot the wildlife center cannot do as good a job raising baby animals as the parents can so our our best shot is making sure we're not kidnapping by accident or taking the animal out of um the best situation for it so you know we just about every year we get calls about oh my gosh there's a baby bird 
that was on the sidewalk. I'm so worried that the cats are going to eat it. There's a lot of cats in the neighborhood. And we, of course, you know, if we if we were to bring in every animal that was at risk of being eaten by a cat, we'd probably, we, we'd have, we'd be up to our eyeballs and birds, you know. Um, You'd be overwhelmed. It's true. But there, so there are some things we can do, such as not flushing pollutants in, in the toilet or in the drain or the sinks. I mean, there are so many things we can do to to lessen our impact on wildlife. And and um, and we could talk a lot about that. But maybe you we should now segue into talking about because it is all about education. Again, you help wildlife in need. You connect people with nature. And so you have junior naturalist summer camps for kids this year. Mm -hmm. let's talk about that a little bit yeah so about two years ago um 2019 we had our first uh junior national summer camp um which was one week of camps on our property for third and fourth graders um just day camps um five days you know four hours a day coming out learning about nature wildlife you know playing games out on our property doing arts and crafts, dissecting pellets. Um, again, because of the pandemic, we had to try to turn that into a virtual event last year. Um, not nearly as exciting as we thought it was going to be. Um, so this year we're doing it again, and we have two consecutive weeks of summer camp. So first week is the week of June 21st. And again, this is all on our website at coastwildlife.org under our Junior National Summer Camps tab. And you can find a link to register there. The first week is for uh, children entering third and fourth grade. Um, just as usual, they're coming out. They're learning about nature and wildlife and different careers with wildlife in the future, um, playing different, you know, nature-themed games, um, wildlife-themed games. And the following week, um, we will be doing the same camp, um, but for fifth and sixth graders. Um so, you know, it'll be a little bit more in, in depth than the uh, third and fourth grader camp was um, just to kind of, you know, for the, for the older children. Um, but same thing, out on our property, half days for a week, um, learning all about nature and wildlife. Right. And uh, there's a focus on chipmunks, uh, pelicans, and, and people need to register those yeah, because well, they're in limited spaces. Yeah, so we have 20 spots available for each camp, each session. Uh, so the pelicans and the chipmunks, that's just what we called our different sessions. So session one is the chipmunk session for the younger kids. Session two is the pelican session. I see. Um, for the older kids. Um, but yeah, we do, uh, we're limited to 20 spaces per camp. Um, <clears throat> registrations online, again, uh, we do have some limited scholarships available for those that might need assistance um, affording it for their child. Uh, that would just be <clears throat> that information is on the website as well, but you can just email us through the website uh, to ask about that. But otherwise, it's $175 to register your kid. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a week of a ton of fun. We, we all have a lot of fun out there. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. And today my guest is Josh Sarampa. Josh is the executive director of the Wildlife Center of the North Coast a nonprofit organization helping wildlife in need, connecting people with nature. There's a hospital, it's a working rehab center, so it's typically not open to the public, however, and it's near Olney, um, and however, this Saturday, there is the annual Spring Open House and Native Plant Sale. It's this Saturday, May 8th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's free, open to the public. Bring your children. Um, there are guided tours. 
the first one starts at 10:30. So, uh, but it is important. It would be helpful to the Wildlife Center if you register online to go to coastwildlife.org. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about internships and volunteers now, Josh. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll tell you a little bit about our volunteer program and what we have available. Um, we are always in need of volunteers. Um, we are, you know, we have a very small staff at a lot of centers. We rely very heavily and, and, and are very thankful for all the many volunteers that come out and do work for us. Um, we have volunteer opportunities everywhere, ranging from, you know, transport and rescue, you know, going out and picking up injured wildlife and bringing it to us. Um, everything from that to the direct hands-on animal care at the Lotto Center. So um, animal care support uh, is our laundry dishes diet prep volunteer opportunity where you aren't necessarily touching the wildlife, but you're helping us by doing the laundry and the dishes and the diet prep. Um, <clears throat> animal care is the direct hands-on helping hold the wildlife for treatments and exams, um, helping do the exams and treatments, uh, doing the releases, um, all that fun stuff. And then we also have, um, we need reception volunteers, people to sit at our front desk, answer the phone during a busy season, you know, um, checking to make sure, or, you know, answer the phone, bring in the wildlife, um, also doing some data entry to our, our online database that we use. Um, and then we also have an intern program. Right now our intern program is all full up. So we actually had six spots available, um, but we, we do this, uh, I think after October, we should have more available. Uh, we'll, the first round is over and we'll need more volunteer, more interns. But we have an intern program. It's uh, split up into two different, um, we'll call them terms, um, you know, with different learning objectives <clears throat> and different, you know, with, uh, you know, every other week we have, you know, uh, intern review where we sit down for a couple hours, talk about what we learned, you know, and, and um, question and answer sort of situation uh and each <clears throat> each student leaves our intern program um leaves with a letter of recommendation uh, in their hand and uh you know quote unquote certificate of completion from our program so um it's a it's a pretty fun it's a really good especially if you're interested in getting your hands getting involved in wildlife rehabilitation as a career having an intern program under your belt like this um is is certainly a first step that you need to take but and and right now also volunteers who can help pick up an injured animal and sometimes you have one that's far away so you have to kind of arrange kind of a carpool thing to to bring an injured animal in and so that's a very simple thing if somebody wanted to volunteer to say you know i will be a, a transport driver you know i will help do that so i think there's really something for almost everyone uh to do at the wildlife center of the north coast Mm -hmm. um so and people can find out more about that on the website and also i guess they could call you too yeah you can also virtually yeah. volunteer you can always email us um at volunteer at coastwildlife.org that goes directly to our volunteer <laughs> coordinator and she will answer any of your questions regarding volunteering with the wildlife center um maybe we should talk a teeny bit about Cormie because Cormie is a cormorant she is uh, kind of an ambassador for the wildlife center of the north coast and people who come to that wild afternoon, the wild day on Saturday for your spring open house at the Wildlife Center can meet mm -hmm. Cormie. But um, Cormie is also helping you raise funds for a seabird display enclosure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Cormie, 
Cormier's a, a non-releasable double threat to Cormont. We got her back in 2015. Um, dropped by an eagle as a little baby, uh, permanently injured left wing. And because of that, we decided to keep her and train her in our educational program. So she's she's double threat to Cormont, but she is you're probably the smartest, one of the smartest animals you'll ever meet in your life. Um, so uh, we only have two educational ambassadors. We have Cormier, and then we also have Odin. And Odin is our Western Screech Owl. And both of those animals you'll be able to see at our open house this weekend um, uh, from 10 to 4 on May 8th. Um, but yeah, so Cormie, we have had her since 2015. And when we first got her, we didn't have a designated place for her to live at our facility. Um, so once we were finished constructing a brand new wildlife rehabilitation enclosure, um, which, you know, wildlife rehab enclosures are built as temporary holding places for rehabilitation patients just long enough for them to get well and released. Um, so once we were finished building this enclosure, we decided, well, this is going to be Corby's enclosure. So we put her in there and, and now that we've had her for, you know, a while now, um, we have kind of identified the fact that this enclosure is not ideal for her, her long-term uh, quality of life is not great in this enclosure. It's not built as a long-term or permanent enclosure for a double crest cormorant to live the rest of her life in so we um got some professional a professional uh, wildlife enclosure designer to come out uh and he he did some some cad drawings and and made these beautiful you know uh renderings of a new enclosure for her and so yeah so right now we are working really hard to raise money for Cormie's new seabird display enclosure so this enclosure is a $45,000 project um the it's gonna it's gonna be beautiful it's gonna be you have a big a bunch of perching for Cormie to fly between um a big 20-foot concrete pool with a viewing glass so you can see her diving under the water um this is kind of the first step in us being able to be open to the public uh, down the road so people can come out and actually see what it is we do but they'll be able to see Cormie in her enclosure swimming underwater and doing her 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 programs and uh, you know kind of kind of get get an idea for uh, what it is that she does for us um, <clears throat> there's more information about that as well on our website um, under seabird display enclosure on our website which is coastwildlife.org we are about gosh We've raised only about $12,000 of the $45,000 we are trying to raise. Um, so all donations to that web, that page are super helpful and valuable. It's, again, it's helping Cormie get into her brand new home. Um, so. But also a way to, to, to allow people to see a Cormorant up close and to see how they, what, how they are. And again, an educational, uh, you, there's a really important educational component there. Because if people sure. can see wildlife and interact with them, they, I think they then they respect them and they understand and, and, and care more, which we all are caught in this web of life together. And I know in the past when we've done programs, you've talked about how, how you're amazed at how smart these, you know, because obviously you have a lot of seabirds that's, you know, uh, and, and how smart they are and, and, and uh, attentive and how they recognize and know things. So that's a great joy and that's a reason why i think a lot of people you know do want to volunteer and do want to help support uh wildlife which i think you're right human interaction that's that's primarily most of the problem for sure yeah 
Um, Josh, we just have a few minutes left. Um, what else would you like to let people know about the Wildlife Center of the North Coast um, that perhaps we haven't talked about, something that's on your mind or um, any more information on the open, anything you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll just say, come on out, come see us this weekend, May 8th, Saturday, May 8th, from 10 to 4. Um, we'd love to see you out there. Again, we have some great raffle prizes. Um, it's a great opportunity to see what it is that we do and see some of our educational ambassadors and see um, virtually um, some of our patients we have right now. We unfortunately can't let you see them like for real face-to-face because -face, it's you know, there's some permitting issues there you know, or, or federal guidelines that we can't break but come on out come see us come buy some native plants from us uh, buy some raffle tickets um on top of that if you're interested in volunteering we always need volunteers um so check us out on our website again coastwildlife.org um i think we should tell people where you are i mean how do people get to the wildlife center of the north coast because they may be saying well we want to go but we uh, we don't know how to get there and how far away is it yeah, so our, uh, we are um, out, uh, about nine miles east of Astoria proper on Highway 202. So you follow Highway 202 out towards uh, the, the Big O Saloon out there before the, um, it's kind of before the, the Young's River Falls. Uh, we'll have our sign out on the side of the road as well. So if you, if you take Highway 202 east, um, once you get about nine miles, you'll see our sign with balloons on it, letting you know where we're at. Okay, so. Josh, you have been doing this for a very long time now, since you were in <laughs> high school. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, what, any surprises, anything that has, uh, has really, uh, I'm sure you've been changed by this work, and, um, but any little story you'd like to tell people about your interaction with any of the wildlife that you had coming through this morning? Oh, oh my gosh, um, wow, I have so many stories, Donna, I don't even know where to start, um, yeah, I get. I mean, it's it's certainly been a this this organization has changed my life for the better, for sure. Since I started, um, since I started volunteering back in two thousand eight, um, I can't pinpoint a specific uh, story right now for you, but but um, as I say, it's a magical place. Uh, it's you know, you ask any volunteer, any staff person, any of our board members, it's a magical place that does magical work, um, and it's. Uh, yeah, come get involved with us, and and you certainly won't you certainly won't regret getting involved with the Wildlife Center. That's so true. I think that there is that touch of magic when we interact with wildlife. It it is it is something so it's such a gift, and um and so I honor all the work that you do there, and um and I hope that people will go to your website, which is coastwildlife.org. Mm -hmm. And uh, register for one of the tours, free, open to the public this Saturday, spring open house and native plant sale from 10 to 4. And with guided tours and, and educational displays, you can meet Cormie and, uh, and, and, the, and the owl, your squeech owl too, Otis, yep. right? Mm -hmm. yep. and, um, and also think about the summer camps and, uh, you know, ways that you might be able to volunteer uh, to help keep the magic in our world with the wildlife. Thank you so much, Josh, for taking the time to be here on the program today. Oh, thank you, Donna, for having me. Well, hopefully we'll see everybody on Saturday. And I want to thank all of you who support Coast Community Radio, KMUN. Thank you for becoming a member and for supporting this worthy organization. Um, Talk of Our Towns now airs every 
uh, the first Thursday of each month at 9 a.m. And I want to thank Nevada for making it all possible on Zoom. And um, also my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, let's all take a moment right now to take a very deep, healing, relaxing breath together. It is so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. Always there are things that aren't going well in the external world even or in our internal worlds. However, there are some things we can be grateful for even in the midst of challenging times. And then give yourself a compassionate and loving hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you, for being here now. Now, in the only moment that exists, which is the now moment right now, that's all that exists. Um, and for doing the best you can in this moment on the amazing planet we call 